If you want to be the seven figure earner or the really good mom or the person that's really fit, don't wait until you get there because guess what? You're probably not going to get there. Start living these actions now. And if you start living these actions now, you'll actually get there. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. I know you are going to fall in love with today's guest on the show because she is here to teach us the most important topic that there is in our businesses. Jillian Murphy is here to talk about sales. If you haven't met Jillian, she is a highly sought after sales and business mentor who has mastered the art of selling and scaling not only her own business, but she has also helped hundreds of other online business owners do the same. With over 20 years of business experience in sales and marketing and growing multiple businesses of her own, she has now made it her mission to help online business owners gain real results in sales and messaging. She knows that sales is the oxygen of your business and the most important skill that any online business owner can acquire. She's been able to grow her business from zero to six figures in one year, hit her first six-figure month in 18 months into business. You guys, that is crazy. And just under half a million she has crossed by year two. She's done it all without any fancy sales systems, any fancy ads. She doesn't even have a website. It's crazy, you guys. And she breaks down how simple it can be and what her process looks like in today's interview. So I know you're going to walk away with just so much value. And not only that, but you are going to have a little bit of a fire under your B-U-T-T. You know what I mean? She moves. This woman takes action and I know you are going to be so inspired just listening to her speak about how she views her business, her sales, and taking action in her life. Hello, Jillian. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. And I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited to be in your world and so excited to pour into your audience today. Oh my gosh, I am too. Everybody listening is in for a treat because if you don't know Jillian, she is the sales queen. But before we dive into all the goodness you just mentioned to me, and I think I saw something else on your Instagram too. One, is it your birthday today or recently? And two, you're moving. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, both of those things. So there's nobody else I'd rather spend my birthday with than Emily. So we asked we are recording a podcast on my birthday, the big 45 today. Oh my gosh. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. And then yes, my car is all packed and I am traveling from Michigan to Arizona and I am taking a big leap and I am moving across country by myself tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. Happy birthday again. And I did a similar drive. We're probably like on very similar highways because I did Wisconsin to California. Are you doing the drive by yourself? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, no. So my boyfriend's driving me out there and then he will fly back. Did you drive by yourself? No, I almost did. And then right before I was about to leave, my mom was like, I can't let you drive by yourself across the country. So she hopped in the car with me and then did the same thing, flew back. <laughs> I took a solo trip out there about two months ago and my mom drove me out there. And then my dad actually drove me home. So I always say, I'm like, well, the drive's not really bad. And my parents are like, you've never driven it. And like wrote content and plan your Instagram stories. So like, let your boyfriend drive you. I'm like, okay, he can drive me. Oh my gosh, that'll be so much fun. If you like road trips, I'm kind of like right in the middle. Sometimes I'm in the mood and sometimes I'm like, I would rather die. So (laughs) absolutely. That's good. What prompted the move to Arizona? So it's really interesting. I have been in Michigan my whole life. I've been a Midwesterner. I have like a really close relationship with my parents and I have had a boyfriend for six years and I was at home probably about three months ago and I had a fight with my boyfriend and my parents were getting on my last move and I booked an Airbnb to Scottsdale, Arizona and I sent my parents a message and I sent Jason a message and I said, I'm taking a six week trip to Arizona and they were like, what? They're like, you don't go anywhere by yourself. And I was like, I'm going to go there for six weeks and I'm going to get out of Michigan. I'm going to go enjoy the weather. I'm going to go hang out with some of my entrepreneurial friends and I'm going to be back in six weeks. And I truly don't believe that my parents or Jason really thought that I would go. And I'm pretty sure that they thought that once I got there, I would come back really quick. And actually what happened was I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it so much that when I was there, I actually signed a lease and I decided that I was actually going to stay. And part of the reason why I did that before I came back home was because I knew that if I came back home and then said, hey, I'm going to go back, I wouldn't do it because my safety net's here. My parents are here. Jason's here. You know, I have friends here. So I knew I had to make that decision there. And then the other thing that I did was I recorded a podcast talking about moving there and it came out the week after that I came home. So I then had announced it to my community. So it was like, Now I have like skin in the game and we're doing the damn thing. Oh my gosh. Talk about accountability and really just freaking going for it. It reminds me or makes me think of back to when you and I met actually, which was at an entrepreneurial event. It was at a mastermind hosted by Chris and Lori Harder. I was working for them at the time and you were attending, but correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't have your business yet. You were still in corporate sales. Yeah, I was still in corporate sales. I went to that event really with some friends who were like, hey, come to LA. We're like going to this mastermind. I was like, what the heck's a mastermind? But like, sure, I'll go. And I walk into this room with a bunch of entrepreneurs and that literally changed my life because what happened from there, which I'm sure we'll get into, was my life changed drastically when I got back to Michigan. The pandemic happened. I lost, you know, a 22-year career. And it was because I'd put myself in that room prior that I truly believe I'm in the seat I'm in today. When your friends were like, hey, we're going to this event, had you had any inclination yet that you wanted to start your own business? Or was it totally like, yeah, I'll just go along for the ride? No. So I was doing like a little bit of network marketing. When I say like a little bit of network marketing, I was just kind of like dabbling in it a little bit. I wasn't like fully even invested in it yet because I had a phenomenal career in my corporate job. So I think that I went and even when I was there, you know, I was around all these entrepreneurs. I was around coaches, service providers, you know, content creators. And it still did. I didn't really understand what the people did. I mean, I was like, these people are like talking on their Instagram stories and like, 
taking selfies. Like, what are these people doing? Like, I always tell the story. I remember I went out for lunch and Lauren Salon and Jen Kennedy, who I know you know, they were literally doing like a mini photo shoot like outside. I was like, what are these people doing? Like, who are these people? And we joke about it now because I'm now that person. That's like, when's our next book so I can go do a little mini photo shoot on it? But back then I was like, I don't understand what this world is. And then quickly I got obviously in it and learned it. And now I'm that person that is taking all the selfies and talking on our stories and asking when our next mini photo shoot is. So I'm right along with them now. But back then I was like, what are these people doing? That is so funny to think about because if you're not in the online space, it does look wild. Like it looks crazy outside looking in, but now it's oh, like, weird. yeah, I, I was like, content. so she's going to walk around and the other one's going to like take pictures of her. Like, I'm going to get a snack. Like, you know what most people do on break? Like, I don't understand what's happening right here. Oh my gosh, that's too funny to think about now. But okay, so for people who aren't familiar with your background, what was the corporate job and what was it like for you? I actually don't even know if I know this story. Going back after that event back to Michigan and you said COVID is what took you out of that position. Yeah, so I went back to my corporate job, which was interesting because when we were in LA for that event, that's actually when like the pandemic started to happen. And I went back to my corporate job. We were, I was there maybe like a month at most. And I want to go back really quick. When I was actually in the mastermind, this was like a pivotal moment. When I was actually in the mastermind in LA, I had lunch and I sat next to Nick Harder. And Nick Harder said, what do you do in corporate? And I said, oh, I help people sell. Like I'm a sales trainer. Like I help people make more commission. And he said, I want you to look around this room right now. He's like, everybody in here needs you. And I was like, okay. And it literally went in one ear and out the other. And also I met a girl by the name of Raquel Quinette, who I was like, this girl is like a boss. Okay. So those two people were like in my head, but those were really like the only two people that like really even kind of stood out to me like at all. And Raquel stood out to me so much because she was like a realtor and she was more of like that corporate person, right? So I go back to my corporate job and I go in on a Monday, things are great. Go in on a Tuesday, things are great. Going on a Wednesday and they're like, hey, we need to see you in HR. And I was actually in charge of our sales team. So I remember I walked in and I was like, who do we need to get rid of? Like what's happening? And they were like, oh, we're actually like cutting down and we're getting rid of like our top 10 like percentage of people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is actually happening. And my life was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like I was like literally dumbfounded. I always joke and say that like, if I could have tattooed my company's name on my forehead, like I would have, I was like a ride or die with my corporate corporation. And I left that day. I called my dad, who is a very successful business owner. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, you know what? You have a God-given talent for sales. You're going to figure it out. You can get another sales job no matter what you do because that's the other thing about sales, you guys. If you can sell something, you can sell anything. He's like, you're going to figure it out. And he said, but you are also just in this mastermind. Go connect to that network. Maybe there's someone in there that like needs your help or you can like do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to connect back to that Nick Harder guy. I don't know what he meant by that, but I'm going to connect back to Nick. And I remember having a conversation with Nick and Nick's like, there's so many people in the online space that need help with sales, like sales specifically. And I was like, I don't even know where to begin. And I was like, do you happen to know Raquel Quinette's number? And I hired Raquel Quinette that day. So I want to also remind you guys, I had just lost a multi six figure job. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I bet on myself that day. Okay, Ra Raquel was not 500 bucks, you guys. She was a massive, massive, massive investment. And I never invested like this before in my life. I wasn't an entrepreneur. And I was like, I'm going to figure it out. 
And I invested in Raquel. Raquel became my one-on-one coach for 18 months. And really the rest is kind of history. Like we built an incredible business. You know, we built close to a seven-figure business in three years together. And it really began with betting on myself, getting in the rooms and asking people for help. I was like, I need help. Who wants to help me? Oh my gosh. This is like so beautifully lining up with an email I sent to my list today that was about exactly this. Like you don't realize the power of getting in the room until you get in the room. And we can get like a little bit of that online. Like we can get a lot of connections online and it's fantastic, but there is something different about stepping inside a physical room with people and the type of connections that you build there. And I can't help but feel like you were almost divinely directed to that mastermind because it it didn't make sense on paper for you to go to it because you had a fantastic job. But that ended up being that network. It sounds like your next step and your safety net when everything fell apart when it came to COVID coming and taking away all those jobs. Yeah. And what was so great about being in that room was it wasn't just meeting Raquel. It was meeting referral partners. It was meeting people that had me on their podcast, right? It was people who were like, hey, can you come speak inside of my coaching program? It was a ton of clients that I got, right? Like it was so many things that that room provided that I truly believe that like that was truly the foundation that got me to where I am today. I mean, a lot of those people are still my favorite friends, my referral partners, podcast swaps, collaborations, like there's so many things that came out of that. And I truly believe that that is really like what kind of happened. And I still to this day put myself in rooms with people that are, you know, a couple steps ahead of me or 10 steps ahead of me because it'll drastically change your business. I could not agree more. And I have to echo what you said there. Like being in those rooms, even when I was just working those rooms. So before I was even a participant, so many of the people I met there are now people who are coming on my podcast as guests. They're people I'm inviting to speak at my events. They're people I'm hiring. They're people I'm working with. I think one of the like bad things that come out of the online space is we feel like we have to do it all alone because you don't have coworkers, because you don't have people around you, because you're not even necessarily going to like a working space where you're seeing other people and you can talk to them every single day unless you intentionally do that for yourself. We forget that everybody that we see that is really running and going far, they've taken time to intentionally build their in-person real life network. And those connections pay off. I mean, networking doesn't go away because we're online. No, it's so true. And just to give you guys a quick story. So I'm planning my first in-person event right now in Scottsdale. And to say that it's been a shit show is an understatement. I have lost team members during this. I have had a photographer quit last minute. I've had speakers cancel. Like it has been one disaster after another. And I will tell you, the people that have stood up were the people that I have had relationship with that I've met in rooms. My event planner was like, I got you. My photographer, who I'm sure you know, Girl Squad, was like, I got you. Like, don't even have to hesitate. Like, I got you, right? My speakers were like, we got you. Like, we'll do it. And because I was in those rooms, those people were the first people to raise their hands and help. But if I didn't have those relationships, I would be like, I don't know where to find an event planner. I don't know how to find a photographer in Arizona. I now have to just try to find a speaker online. So it's like, it's not even about finding, it's like the relationship capital is so important because they're always going to direct you to somebody else that can absolutely help you. And they're literally just like a text message away. Yes, it's like you're not just building your network. When you do that, you get access to your network's network, which is crazy. And a referral's always gonna go further than just like a cold DM of like, hey, I saw your stuff and I like it. You wanna speak at my event? Versus if it's like, hey, 
Jillian's making this mutual connection to us and Jillian's saying, I recommend Emily and I think you should speak at our event. Like that holds so much more weight. And I just, I'm so glad that we are jamming on this for a second because it's so important and I'm so passionate about it because it has opened up my business. Like starting this business, having networked for years in the Harder's world and then being very intentional about it in this business. It's been so different than when I started my personal training business back in the day. And I was like, well, it's just me. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to ask for help. So, so important. This is all making me think about what I've been seeing you do online, which I think is fantastic. And I want to hear more about it. All this fast action taking and betting on yourself and signing the lease while you're in Arizona before you have time to second guess it and talk yourself out of it. Tell me how this relates to Be Her Now and this amazing movement that I see you building online. Yeah, so thank you. So I started to say this probably about a year and a half ago, which I think you know our mutual friend, Alex Street. Him and I actually did a mastermind together and we were hosted a mastermind together. And we started talking about like, hey, just like be her now, be your best self now. And it really started to click. And then the more I actually said it in my community, people started to really say it. And I was like, you know what? This is really something that like, people need to embody, people need to really be like, if you want to be her now, you want to be this higher version of her now, start acting like it now. And the conversation actually started with my daughter, which is like kind of how this movement started. So my daughter was doing some things in her life that were very unhealthy. And we were walking, she lives in Myrtle Beach, and we were walking down the beach one day. And I was like, you know, when are you going to stop doing these things that you know, probably every 20 year old does. And she says, well, when I get pregnant, and when I have kids, then I'll stop doing them. And I remember looking at her and saying, like, why don't you just be her now? Like, just do those things now. And that's really when I was like, that's how I want everyone to live. Like, if you want to be the seven figure earner, or the really good mom, or the person that's really fit, or have the better relationship, don't wait until you get there. Because guess what, you're probably not going to get there. Start living these actions now. And if you start living these actions now, you'll actually get there. And then from there, you know, I really started to embody like what that meant for me. So I have a whiteboard in my office. I don't know if you guys guys obviously can't see it right now. But I wrote down everything that I wanted. And then what I had to do to get there. So it was like, you know, seven figure mindset, seven figure relationships, like all the things. And it was like every day when I walk into my office, I literally sit down and I'm like, I need to be her now because I'm not going to get to this business if I'm making decisions like a side hustler. I'm not going to get here if I have a mindset of someone who hasn't done the inner work. I'm not going to get here if I have relationships that don't expand me. So it's like I had to literally look at like where I wanted to be and making sure that I'm being her now, and that'll get me to where I need to be. And I talked about that a lot in the podcast. There was a pivotal moment when I was actually in Arizona. You guys, I've had the same boyfriend for six years. So this conversation did not come lightly when I came home and said, hey, I'm moving to Arizona. And I know you're probably not coming with me. But I was in Arizona, and I took a beautiful picture of a landscape of Arizona. It was like the sunset, the mountains, all the things. And I remember sending it to Jason. And I said, look at this. And he said, It's so pretty. And once we retire, we can move there. And I was like, no, I want to be like here now. I want to be her now. I want to wake up every day and be obsessed with it. And it's like, that was such like a moment for me to be like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could get hit by a bus. A tragedy could happen. Like maybe I don't have the financial means to move. Like who knows? So like I want to live in that moment now. So from there, when I was actually in Arizona, I actually got Be Her Now tattooed on my arm. 
very small. And because I'm in the mastermind with really big thinkers and expansive thinkers, they were like, you need to create merchandise around this. Like this is an actual movement. So we actually created merchandise around it. I have three different sweatshirts. They're all different. And we've sold almost a hundred of them now. And it's not even about selling the sweatshirts. There is something about every single time someone opens it and wears it and talks about how they are being her now. I'm like, it just it literally gives me goosebumps. So I feel like the movement is really just kind of getting started. And uh, I can't wait to see like what it looks like for these future versions of people. It is so exciting to see. And it's such the perfect embodiment of you and how you live your life and everything that you've been sharing. I All I can think of hearing you talk is this woman takes action. Like you don't sit on an idea. Everything you do, you immediately plug it into our physical reality and don't let it just sit up in your brain. Even the act of just writing on your whiteboard of like, okay, here's the steps. If I want to be here now, here's what I got to do. And I'm going to anchor it in by writing it somewhere I can see it every day. It all comes down to to literally taking action. Have you always been somebody who just moves or is this something that you had to kind of practice and train yourself into? I've always been someone who's very driven and someone who's like, if I want something, I'm going to go after it, right? So I was a fitness competitor for years. I was a marathon runner. So I feel like people who have that like mentality of that definitely have it. But it was definitely more when I came to the online space. And you guys, I mean, some examples for you, like this retreat that I'm planning, I booked the house before I even talked about it on my Instagram stories. Like, messy action, right? I was like, hey, if nobody buys this, like, I'm gonna have a really expensive house for a week. And like, I'm gonna have a great house party. I ordered hundreds of sweatshirts before I even told people that I was creating them, right? Like, I just have action. But I think the other part of this is I have unwavering belief in myself. So even though like, I got the house in Arizona for the retreat, or I ordered the sweatshirts, I don't sit and think like, well, what if nobody signs up? I actually think like, what if I didn't get a big enough house and I oversell it? What if I didn't order enough of the blue sweatshirts and everybody wants the blue and not enough of the black? So I think it comes down to like taking action, but also then having like an unwavering belief in yourself and being so sold that like, yeah, of course I'm going to sell this or of course I'm going to do it because like it's me and I'm that's who I am. I think we all have that in us at the core. It almost is just kind of like it gets beat out of some of us along the way where people are like, who do you think being that bold? Like, who do you think you are making those big statements? And I think as women too, it's almost just like society tells us to be smaller and, you know, put ourselves back in our place. But it's really, I think it's something what I'm trying to get at is we can all get back to this. Like if people are listening right now and they're like, wow, I wish I had that in me. Like, I just wish I had that piece of Jill's fire. I I believe, and I would love to hear what you think. It's inside of all of us. And we just need to tap into it. It's in all of us. And I think a big part of it is like who you surround yourself with, right? Like if you're in Emily's world, like get in her world more, like let that pull it out of you, right? Like get around people that are bigger thinkers. I live in the Midwest, like nobody's entrepreneurs here. So if I would have come back to Michigan, for an example, and been like, hey, girlfriends, you know, my nine to five friends, you know, that are moms that, you know, just are not as me. And I would have said like, hey, guess what? I just ordered like 500 sweatshirts and I have this like crazy movement I'm going to put on. They would have been like, what the hell are you doing? So then I would have went small. I would have been like, you're right. What am I doing? Who do I think I am? Like, I don't own a sweatshirt brand. Like, what is this? But what happens is I surround myself with people that are always stretching me that are like, you only ordered 500? Or like, 
Why don't you have a sweatshirt line? Or like, hey, you just got this tattoo. Like, why don't you think bigger, right? So I think it's like, it's things like that. It's like, really, you have it in you, but also like, who are you surrounding yourself around that's going to continue to pull that out of you? Because there's lots of times that I'm like, want to shrink down. And then it's like, no, come back out because this is who she is. Yeah. And I mean, there's a a healthy version of this and an unhealthy version of it. But I think in the most healthiest version, it's finding mentors, like you're saying, and finding rooms where other people agree with you so that it can activate that spark in you, not relying on someone else for it and being codependent on someone else's energy. I think sometimes in coaching, like that can be a rabbit hole we fall into. But that's a very different thing than no, I just want to seek out rooms where like you're saying, people expand me and pull out the best of me. And they want to see me shine and they want to see me sell all 500 of my sweatshirts that I created. And in fact, they're going to tell me to order more of the red one. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're going to help me or they're going to, they're going to expand me. And, you know, I think one of the things that you said, and I talk about this a lot on my podcast is being around people that really activate you versus being around people that really trigger you, you know, because I think in this online space, we can follow somebody and maybe it's me or maybe it's Emily, or maybe it's Rebecca, right? Whoever it is. And I think we follow people sometimes and we actually get triggered by their success. And we try to like emulate them or we try to be them. If that's the feeling that you get, I want you to only really be following people that are activating you because there's a different energy that's in you. There's a lot of people online, you guys, that massively trigger me. And there's a different energy than when I follow the same type of person that's making the same type of income. But when I'm around them, I'm like, let's freaking go. Right. So like I'm in a mastermind right now. I'm in a mastermind right now. There's one person that like triggers the shit out of me. So guess what? I don't consume her content. But then there's somebody else that like I'm so activated by. And I'm like, how can I literally absorb and learn everything from you? So it's like making sure that you also are doing this like check in with yourself to make sure that you're only around those people that are like bringing out that activation energy and not this like I feel bad or I feel worse or, you know, not creative energy or all of those things because we've all done it. Totally. Oh, I love that distinction. And for my people who are overthinkers like me, who immediately go into, well, why am I triggered? Is that a me problem? How can I be the bigger person here? There's a time for that. And there's a time where you don't have time for that. (laughs) And where it's like, you know what? No, I got to keep my blinders on. So I'm going to go through my social media feed and I'm going to remove anyone that's triggering me right now. And I can come back and do the deeper work along the way. But I don't need to sit here and be triggered constantly because that's probably not making you progress either. So (laughs) I think even for like a lot of us that hire our mentors, right? So you guys, I'll give you guys a very good example. I hired a mentor and I, I was with her for about three months and I hired for something very specific and it was just for micro offers. And even though I was hiring her and I invested in her, I couldn't follow her. I couldn't consume her content. And you guys, I was paying her. I was on calls with her. I was literally in Voxer with her a hundred times a day, but I couldn't consume her content because guess what? She was farther along in this part of her journey than I was. And what would be happening is I was just learning micro offers, okay? So when I'm learning micro offers, my sales aren't anything like hers. So I'd maybe put out a micro offer and maybe get five sales. But then if I watched her stories and she put out a micro offer, she would get 500 sales. So I would start to feel bad about myself and I would start to be triggered. So it was like, even if you have a mentor, you don't even even need to follow them because remember, they're on a different path than you. You know, I tell a lot of my clients, like when you first start working with me, like I'm a sales ninja. 
don't try to keep up with what I'm doing right now because you're not there right now. And if, if I'm going to trigger you, then like I actually suggest that you not follow my content and stay almost like in your bubble and even like at your own table. Oh, absolutely. I like that you even give your clients that permission because I think sometimes it is just we get stuck in that comparison game and then we're like, well, what's wrong with me? And it's like, well, nothing. You're just at a different stage. It's funny how everything comes back down to like, just stay in your own lane and don't compare because you're different people. But we need the reminder. We need the permission. Okay, this is a perfect segue into sales because I absolutely want to pick your brain on all things sales because you are so freaking good at it. I want to open up first, like why going back to that conversation, even with Nick Carter, and he's like, everybody needs you. Everybody needs someone to teach them sales. Why do you think people struggle with it so deeply in the online space? Well, I think this is a really great question. And I actually don't even believe it's the online space. I really think it's all spaces, but I think particularly in the online space, it's because we have this screen in front of us and we don't treat people the same way that we would in real life. It's like, we put this screen in front of us and we think that like we have to be different, right? Also, the online space is skewed, right? Like we just talked about this. People are making a million dollars a day or $7 million every minute. Like, so I think that what happens is we tend to lose focus of like what sales actually happens. So I think that there's like the mindset piece of it, which is a huge component online. And I think the second component is quite frankly, very few people actually know how to sell right? They don't know how to sell. They had these amazing programs, products, services, network marketing, social sellers, but then like they don't have the actual like innate skill to sell it. And thankful for me, there's not a lot of sales coaches, but like people aren't teaching sales. They aren't teaching follow-up. They aren't teaching handling objections, whatever that looks like to you. They aren't teaching like really great content that converts, right? I know you do this really well, but like there's not a lot of people that do this. So I think a lot of people struggle because they're in the dark, right? It's kind of like wanting to lose weight, but like there's no personal trainer telling you how to do it or there's no diets telling you what to do. So you're just like aimlessly walking through the store and like guessing, So I think that's like a big part. And I think the other huge part of the online space, I talked about this earlier, I was on a podcast, is people do not give it enough time. People try one thing for like a hot minute and then they're like, it's not working. And then they go to the next thing. Or they see so many people doing so many different things. So they try to like water down like their zone of genius. And I think that, you know, you have to give something enough time to see if it works. You got to try it over and over. And I always use like the Taylor Swift example. You guys, Taylor Swift has been literally singing the same songs forever on different stages every single night. And she's still excited about it. So like, imagine that, like she's been singing December for 15 years and every single night she sings the same songs, but she brings a different energy. She brings excited energy. Like you can't just always be like changing it Every single time something doesn't work, you got to stick with it. And especially now more than ever, you guys, the space is loud. It's crowded. I'm sure Emily can talk to this too. Like the way that I sold three years ago, it's harder than it is. It's easier than, than it is now because everyone's a coach. Everyone's got something. Everyone's got a mastermind or an event or a a membership. So it's like, you really got to know how to sell in order to stand out in the market. 
Absolutely. Let's dive in there for a second. If you don't mind sharing some of your wisdom with us for somebody who's listening and they're like, shoot, that's me. Like, I just straight up don't know how to sell. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to start. What are some of the high level brushstrokes, the fundamentals rather, I should say, of selling that people need to master in order to get really good at it? Yeah. So I think the biggest one, and I am not a mindset coach, I always say like, if you need mindset, like I am not the DM to slide into. But (laughs) the first thing that I will tell you when it comes to sales is you honestly need to be sold on your own offers. Like you need to be bought in on what it is that you're doing. Like, screaming it from the rooftops, like, this is going to change your life, or this is the best mastermind that you've ever been in, or like this, why you're actually doing it. And, you know, sometimes it's, you're not going to have people coming in, you're not going to have messages, you're not going to have DMs, but like being so detached that it's not about you. And just knowing that like, you're so good at it. I always say like, if I put an offer out today, and nobody buys it, my rule of thinking is like, my audience just hasn't caught up yet, because this is like a really great offer right? Like they just, they haven't caught up yet because I know it's so good. And unless you're that confident in your stuff, you shouldn't be putting it out. You should be so sold on what it is that you're selling. Oh, absolutely. And I think so many people aren't. So I think that's a great first step is just like, you got to love what you do first or how is anyone else going to love it? Yeah, you got to love it. I remember I got a client one time. She was a network marketer. I used to work with a ton of network marketers when I first came into the online space. And I remember saying to her, how many network marketing companies have you been with? And she said 18. And I almost like fell out of my chair. And I was like, you've been with 18 network marketing companies. I'm like, you don't have a sales problem. You actually have an alignment problem that you haven't found anything that you're like obsessed with. So what I want you to do is find a company that like you couldn't live without, whether that's gut products or supplements or leggings or lipstick or hair care, whatever it is, I don't care. But find something that you were like, I will talk about this until I'm blue in the face. Because I actually don't believe that she had a sales problem. She was not bought in on any of those products. And that's really what it comes down to, you guys, whether it's a coaching program, a mastermind, an event. And think about the people that you buy from. You buy from them because they're like, my stuff's amazing and you want to be part of it. They're confident in their budding on their first offers. That piece about sales being a transfer of confidence has always rung so true for me. And I believe our audience can pick up on it so fast if you feel insecure about your offer or even just showing up that day and talking. Like that's the energy piece that comes through. And so I feel like that confidence piece is could not be more important. So that's one. What are some of the other fundamentals when it comes to actually selling our stuff? Yeah. And I just want to touch base really quick on the, the confidence thing too. It's like most people that are are buying, one of the reasons why they don't buy is because they're unconfident in themselves. They're not unconfident in you. They're unconfident in themselves. Like, I don't know if I'm going to show up to the calls. I don't know if I'm going to actually go through with this. I don't know if I'm going to lose the weight. I've tried everything else, right? So if you're unconfident, and they're unconfident, there's this energy that's like, well, I don't know if either one of us are confident. But if you're like, I got you, we can do this together. I'm here for you. Then there's like this unwavering belief that like they have you. And then there's such an energy transfer of confidence. So that's like a great thing to remember. The second thing that really comes to mind, especially in the online space, is that honestly, and this is why you guys need Emily, most of your marketing is a mess. And like your messaging is a mess. And people just really have no idea like what you're doing. It's a picture of your cat, a smoothie, a Bible verse. Like, I don't know what you guys have going on. But if I come to your page and I don't know that you can help me 
or that you are going to activate me and keep me on your page, you're going to lose me because guess what? There's a lot of people that create really good content. And you guys, I will be the first to say I am not a content creator. I am not super creative. I'm not someone that does it. But my messaging is very clear and it's very concise. You know, within 30 seconds, I go to her for sales, right? So I'm not doing a lot of dancing reels. I don't have a bunch of fancy things going on, but my messaging is very clear and I don't change it all the time. It's like she's been the go-to person for sales. He's been the go-to person for content. She's been the go-to person for storytelling, right? Whatever it is. And the longer that you stick with one thing, the more your audience really starts to know that you're the go-to person for that type of thing. I had this happen yesterday in, in a mastermind that I host and we always do our weekly wins. And I said, hey, what's everybody's weekly win? And this one girl, my mastermind raised her hand and she said, you know, it was so good because somebody actually asked for an OBM in a Facebook group and my notification started going off. It was like, crystal, 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 crystal. And I said, the reason why that happened is because you have made it known that you're the go-to for this. And also it's so clear when people come to your page that you're an OBM. So I think that's like uh, number two for sure. Oh my gosh, it absolutely is. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I call it my villain origin story. It's how I decided I wanted to run this business. It was back when I was helping organize and run the masterminds that we met at when it turned into an online one during COVID. And basically I had the task in front of me of I had to go through all 100 names of the people on the list who were in the group. And I had to look at each of their work, their websites, their Instagrams. For most people, it was their Instagram, right? And I had to assign them to one of our one-on-one coaches that I thought would be a good fit for them based on what they do and what the coach specialized in. And so I was going through this list of everyone. And even though everyone on the list had a legitimate business, and this isn't a dig at anyone in particular marketing, but I was going through all these Instagrams and I was like, there's maybe 10 people out of this list of 100 where when I landed on their profile, I knew what they did. Like I could see their title, but if I'm going through their content, like you said, I'm like, but what do you do? Like, what is the thing that people are coming to you for? So this is like an epidemic of we have unclear messaging everywhere. And I want to give people so much permission to focus in on the one thing and just stick with it. You're not going to get bored because clients are going to come rolling in and you're going to be excited. Yeah, I know that you talk about this a lot, like the one thing. And I have a girl right now in the Elite Level Mastermind that I'm in and she just had a million dollar month and I had her on my podcast. And I said, what do you think your success has been to your million dollar month? And she said, I will tell you exactly what my success to my million dollar month is. I've been selling the same thing with the same messaging and the same marketing for almost three years. Now, yes, now I run ads. Now I have a team. Now we have webinars. Absolutely all of those things. But the same program that brought me my first $1,200 has now brought me a million dollar month because I've got so good and I just kept saying it over and over and over. And people were like, oh, you need to go to this for this. You need to go to this for this. You need to go to this for this. And it was so unbelievable. And she was like, But what happens is everyone's trying to do so many different things and they lose one, they lose credibility and you can't build all of these different houses at one time. You can't build a mastermind and a membership and a retreat and all these things because you're going to get half-assed results. So that was like my biggest takeaway from it. And I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Like, I mean, I've watched her do it and I'm like, it's unbelievable. And it's, it's one offer. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll just share like full transparency moment for everyone listening, because that's just how we roll over here. But this was my biggest lesson year one in business of like, stop trying to do so many things. And so like this year and year two, that's all we did. We scaled back and we were like, what is the best thing that you're doing? And how can we do more of that? So this stuff works. It's like frustratingly simple of just do the same thing over and over again. But it's how you build a business, how you build credibility. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So sales fundamentals, anything else we want to cover there? I would say the last thing that I will, would really talk about is I think that really knowing your numbers and really knowing like a sales plan is so important. And I always joke about this. You guys, I run a, a monthly masterclass and no matter what month I run the sales plan masterclass or no matter when I do sales plan podcasts, they're always the ones that people don't attend nobody buys and really nobody downloads those episodes. But it's really that what you need, like is what you guys need to do to actually build a business. And I realize it's like not the sexy stuff. I just hosted a, a sales planning masterclass last month. And it was my smallest one ever. And it was like, no one has a sales plan, but nobody actually wants to look at the numbers. And, you know, we don't hit a target that we don't know. I mean, I don't go to the gym and just like aimlessly walk around and be like, hey, I think I'll do a chest press today. And maybe I'll do a couple sit ups and I'll go over here. Like I have a plan, right? But I think what happens is we don't have a plan in business. And it comes down to even like, oh, I want to make six figures or seven figures or a bajillion dollars or $10, whatever it is. And a lot of times people don't even have the right offers to support it. They don't even have the right people in their audience to support it, right? It's like, oh, I want to have a six figure launch. And it's like, but you have a $97 program and you have eight people watching your Instagram stories. Like the numbers don't even make sense. So I think planning, planning is so key. And I think that a lot of people, this is more of a mindset thing. So I'm probably not your girl for this, but I think a lot of people don't want to do the work of doing the sales plan because then it's like, well, what if I don't hit it? And what happens then? But you guys be detached from the outcome. If you want to know how to hit your sales, you have to focus on a plan. You got to know your numbers. I know my numbers every day. I know what I've sold this year. I know my conversion rates. I know my podcast downloads. Like you have to know your numbers because that's how you get more sales. It's how it moves. I mean, if you don't measure it, it doesn't move. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face. And I can admit and be honest, like it's uncomfortable to look at your numbers when things aren't going the way that you want them to. But how are you going to move them if you don't know what your starting point is? We have to be measuring. I think it's so funny that you said that those are your, your least attended <laughs> master classes. And <laughs> why are you running this one again? I'm like, because people need to know it, right? Like people need to do it. And I actually just did a challenge and you guys could totally like do this for yourself. I just did a challenge inside of my mastermind last month. And one of the things that we actually did was like tracking how many conversations you're actually having about your products, right? Because or your services, because I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm selling every day. Well, just because you're on your stories, that doesn't mean that you're selling every day. Like how many conversations are you having? Whether you do sales calls or don't do sales calls, whether you have conversations in the DMs or don't have conversations in the DMs and really tracking, right? So at the end of the month, if you haven't made any sales, but then you're like, oh, well, I haven't really had any sales conversation that tells you you need to be having more conversations because the rule of thumb in sales, the more conversations you have, the more sales you will get. Do you have any tips? This is an interesting question for people who are like, okay, well, how do I start more sales conversations? How do you get people asking and interested in what you're doing? 
Yeah. So honestly, the way that I talk about this, I talk about this all the time on my podcast. And this is something I, I actually teach. When your content is really good, they will ask you. So I actually have like a two-step process that I do. And this is like a little hack I'll give you guys on the podcast is I build relationships in the DMs that have nothing to do with business, that have nothing to do with their next launch, that really have nothing to do with anything. If Emily and I connected today and I didn't know Emily and she was posting a picture of her running or a new sports bra that she got or a smoothie, I would start to build a relationship on those types of things. And guess what, you guys? It's going to take a long time because... We're talking about hair and chicken and rest and like all the things, right? But in the meantime, Emily's going to now start to see my content because it's getting put in front of her. She's going to probably start binging my stories and my content is going to do the selling for me. So I don't need to be like, well, when do I like flip this with Emily and be like, hey, girl, like, do you want to talk about this mastermind? No, hey, girls. Please, no, hey, girl, Hayes. She's going to be building enough relationship with me in the DMs that my content is going to be speaking to her that when she needs a sales coach or when she needs someone on her podcast, exactly what she did, I'm going to be the obvious choice that she's going to be like, hey, Jillian, this is what I'm looking for. I'd love to ask you about it, right? Just like a great example of this, you guys, this is a true story, okay? I had Emily on my podcast and I've been like, I really want to get on Emily's podcast. Like I want to go on Emily's podcast. But I did not reach out and ask Emily like, hey, can I come on your podcast? Or hey, Emily, like, let's do this. I just continued to build a relationship, like her content, engage in her stuff, share out her stuff, right? Build a relationship. And then guess what? Emily reached out to me and was like, hey, I really want to do a podcast on sales. And you're the person I want to bring on. It's a totally different energy. It is. And you're so good at this. And I want to underline this for people because this can go wrong fast too, where people are starting to do the relationship building only from the perspective of what can I get out of this? Or like, I'm trying to manipulate a response out of you. But I love that you said like, no, I let someone come to me, but I'm there. I'm top of mind. And I'm somebody that has been adding value and sharing their stuff and being a positive presence on their feed. Because that is so different than when you can tell somebody just wants something from you and they're just trying to talk to you just to talk to you. Like it feels different in the DMs. It's a completely different energy. Yeah. And you guys, I do almost all of my selling through the DMs. I don't do any sales calls and I have my own reasons for that. Not that I think I'm better than them or anything. I just, I just don't do sales calls. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you sell high ticket coaching through the DMs? And my answer is very simple. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything in the DMs. Like I'm not going in and saying like, hey, how can I get this person to buy? Or how can I bait and switch this? Or, hey, I just started following Emily and it looks like she's a coach. So maybe she'd be a good fit for the mastermind. No, it's literally humans and heartbeats first. And if the conversation ever comes around, then we'll see where that goes. But I never, ever have the intention of like, how can I sell somebody something? Or how can I lead Jen to get the right people in my audience? It's like, I have a bunch of just random girls in my DMs are my besties right now, that if something happens down the road, I would be honored to be their coach. But that's not the intention that I'm making right now. I'm learning all about hair and chicken recipes and kids and all the things. And you never know where those things are going to go. Absolutely. It reminds me, a conversation came up in one of my masterminds recently. Uh, somebody brought forward and she shared a screenshot of somebody reached out and was like, okay, how, like, should I be turning this into a sale? But if looking at the the message that was sent, I was like, oh, no, she didn't ask you for anything. 
So it's not your job to take a conversation and beeline it right towards here's what you can buy from me because people are going to be turned off by that. Your job is to be there and continue to make the invitations, but you don't have to make it right in the DMs here where it feels wrong to you, like where you're like, I don't know how to transition this. It's because you don't need to. And the other thing that I do is going back to that confidence piece, if somebody is following you, And you're like, oh my God, I could totally help this person. Like, I know that I could help them. Don't be afraid to offer help. But this is the way that I do it. Emily, I have loved connecting with you in the DMs. I see that you are currently launching right now. If you are open to it, I would love to share a piece of information and a piece of like valuable coaching, but only if you're open to it. 99% of the time, they're going to be like, Oh my God, please, yes. And I start with something very simple. Hey, I know that you're in launch right now. And one of the things that I see that you're doing is like you never have captions on your screen. So you're talking about this incredible offer, but like everyone usually watches it in mute. So just a quick tip, maybe put some captions on your screen. Best of luck in your launch. Always here to support you with a heart. I'm just giving her a piece of value. I didn't say like, hey, if you need coaching, I'm just helping her, right? Another one that I do is like a lot of times people are like, hey, everyone, it's like my biggest pet peeve. Like I did a whole reel on this. Like, please don't get on your stories and be like, hey, everyone, right? So a lot of times I'll be like, hey, Emily, like I love watching your stories, but I would love to give you like a quick tip if you're open to it from someone who has helped hundreds of people in the sales space. They're always gonna be like, oh my God, sure. And I'll be like, this would be my suggestion. Like when you address your audience, be like, hey, mamas, or hey, entrepreneurs, or hey, whatever it is you call your audience, And then this will help do it better. And people are so grateful for that. Oh my gosh, I bet. I love that you make the distinction that you set it up where it's, you ask them for permission first. It's not just dropping in with unsolicited advice. You ask, hey, can I share something with you that I think is going to help you? And that's the only reason I want to share it. But at the end of the day, I think the intentions come through the strongest. And so that's why it's so important, like you said, to be detached. You don't want to have that desperate energy come through any conversation of I need this sale because then people are going to run in the other direction. Absolutely. We're running out of time, but I want to be sure that I ask you because I saw you make an incredible post that said you have sold out every launch you've done in 2023. (laughs) This is incredible. I would love to hear how you approach and structure things leading up to your launch. Is it a full sales plan? Are you winging any portion of it? Is it a set formula that you follow? How can we learn from the successes that you've had in your launches this year? Yeah, so a big part of my successful launches is I'm very in tune to what my audience needs. So I think that a lot of people try to create things that they really want. I really want a membership or I really want a mastermind or I really want a retreat. But like, what does your audience really want, right? So I'm really good at listening to the people that are in my current programs. Like, what do they need next? So that's a huge thing that I do. And then really I go and I create it. The second thing that I do is I do a ton of backdoor selling, which I think I don't think a lot of people do. And that's really where if I know that somebody is a really good fit for something, I make an offer or an invitation to that thing, right? So I recently had a mastermind called the Sales Society Mastermind. It was a $15,000 mastermind for a year. We had 10 women join it. Nine of those women came from backdoor selling. And what that looked like was, now I'm gonna preface this, These are not cold DMs. These are people that are already in my world. Maybe they were former clients. Maybe it's the girl that I've been talking to for six months in the DMs and now this is like the right time, right? So it's something like, Emily, 
I have loved connecting with you online. I don't know if you are open or not to something, but I have something coming and I would absolutely love to see if you're open to hearing more information about it. I'm getting ready to launch it to the public and this is what it is. And then I wait for them to say yes or no. When you bring it to them as like an invitation, their one is like some exclusivity around it. Like, wow, she really thought of me, right? The other way that you can do this is, hey, Emily, last time you and I worked together, which was about six months ago, you told me that you loved one-on-one coaching, but you couldn't wait to be in a high-level mastermind. Well, guess what? I've now created it and I'm super excited to launch it to the public, but I wanted to bring it to you first because when I created it, you were actually the person that I had in mind. So if you're open to hearing more, I would love to do that. So I do a ton of that. I will say I don't do landing pages, sales pages. Once in a while, I have like a Thrivecart checkout page, but I don't do that. And I don't sell a lot via email. And I don't sell a lot via email because I know my audience. They don't buy via email. So the majority of my selling does come through Instagram. The other thing that I do is I really create brand awareness of what's coming up. I bring them along on the journey. So like I have something coming. This is what it's going to be. This is why I created it. This is why I saw a spot in the market, right? And really doing that, I think has been good. And then it's really rinse and repeat. So I have a membership and then I have two masterminds. And then last year I ran one group coaching program. So I haven't tried to create a bunch of different stuff. And I know, like I know we talked earlier about micro offers. That wasn't something that worked well for my brain. So I've gotten really good at like, a couple offers. My audience knows them. I built brand awareness around them. And now we just kind of like rinse and repeat them. That is so cool. And I was feeling so validated hearing you say that's how you sell your masterminds, because honestly, that's how I sell mine as well. I do reach outs to people and, and personalized invitations. But like you said, only to people who I genuinely think would love it and be a perfect fit for it. And I teach my clients to fill their masterminds the same way and to make the invitation. But it's always exactly like you said, it's an open invitation. It is not a needy or desperate or pressured ask at all. They always have the option to just be like, oh, no, thank you. And I don't bombard them with information unless they say, yes, I would love to hear more. So, so much wisdom in those tips. I love that so much. And I hope everybody who's listening is taking notes because you guys, this is honestly gold. Jillian, if they love this episode and they want to connect with you further, what is the best place for them to find you? So a couple of different ways is I love teaching free value, free content, right? So I have a podcast, come over, check it out. It's called the Sales and Social Podcast. We obviously jam out on all things sales and social. So come over, check it out. I'd love to have you guys listen to it. I also have an incredible free Facebook group where we teach sales, business, marketing. It's just a really great community. So I always encourage people to come over and try the free things for sure. And then, you know, if you're interested in anything else, slide into my DMs and we can have a conversation, see what is a great fit for you. But really it's like, come over, binge my content, get to know me and let's just build a friendship from there. Amazing. All right, everyone go find Jillian online, say hello, hang out in the DMs with her, get to know her. You know, you're not going to get any cold DMs or pitches coming your way after this episode. Jillian, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've always been such a big fan of you. So I appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Likewise. All right, everyone. I will see you in the next one. Hey. 
Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. 3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.